This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to FIGP's podcast series, FIGP Focus 45. FIGP is the only international NGO whose membership consists entirely of IP attorneys in private practice. The FIGP global community is driven by a shared interest among like-minded people to promote common solutions and advocacy for private practice. The FIGP business family makes the world a little bit smaller, bringing independent IP attorneys from around the globe together to focus on IP issues of global importance. Our host is Louis-Pierre Gravel, a registered patent agent and partner at Bereskin & Par in Montreal, Canada. Welcome to FIGP's webinar and podcast series, FIGP Focus 45. My name is Louis-Pierre Gravel, and I'm a partner at Bereskin & Par in Montreal, Canada. Today, I will be having a conversation with Louis Laglaire, a partner in the firm of Wrench Partner in Switzerland. Louis is a rugged digital nomad, having just returned from a business trip in Dusseldorf, and today's topic is therefore quite fresh in his mind. Good morning, Louis. How are you? Fine. Thank you very much, Louis. Yeah, thank you for having me today. Excellent. Thank you. Today's topic is digital nomad. And maybe before we go into the nuts and bolts of today's topic, it might be a good idea to place our, our listeners in, in the context of where we were 20, 25 years ago when we traveled as professionals and what brings us to today's topic. Yes, thank you. Well, where have we been about uh, 20 years ago? Uh, we have been in a so quasi-static situation. Nothing has changed a lot. We have been working with paper. We have had, had our facts. We have filled in forms by hand or by typewriting machine. Um, we have printed them out, copied paper, uh, put them into envelopes, uh, sent them out, faxed them, waited a couple of days or weeks, something came back or not. At this stage in, in time, uh, work was less fast. It was more easy in a sense of that communication was much slower. The density of information and um, as you know, today, emails, um, which only came up at that time, more or less, uh, have not been known. So the processes which we knew from that time were strongly driven manual processes. We didn't uh, have a lot of automation. It was all handwork, um, a lot of uh, filing of documents. Yeah, I hope. And what I forgot is also communication mainly went by telephone. We were not um, used to use cameras as we do today. 
you know, that I think that sets it up very perfectly. I mean, you know, 20, 25 years, 30 years ago, when you left on a business trip, you might have been bringing maybe a kilo, a kilo and a half, two kilos of paper with you to do some of the work that you wouldn't have done otherwise. But that was basically it. You know, staying in touch with the office was almost unheard of unless, uh, you know, unless there was a real serious emergency and someone rang you up on a on a mobile phone or left a message at the hotel. Today, it's a completely different environment. And and in fact, I find the notion or just the the, the word digital nomad a bit of a misnomer because um, you know a nomad traditionally is is a, a person or a group of persons who travel with no fixed point of reference. The digital aspect of it makes it that we are all attached, always attached to our base of operations, which is our office or our place of business. So it's a, it's a, bit, of a, it's a bit of a contradiction in terms, but anyway, discuss about that later. Um, so today's topic, digital nomad, I think the context for the conversation, now that we've set up the baseline for what was the reality a few years ago, you're leaving on a business trip, three, four, five, six days a week, Two weeks, it really doesn't matter anymore. What do you need to take with you? What What are the main pieces of gear that you need to have with you? Actually, to add something on that, the, it's not only the business trip which must where you have to take the things along. For example, we we are moving firm in a short period of time. Uh, we 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 are we will be in a new office where nobody will have a personal office anymore. It will be we will be always some kind of nomads because. At the evening, we will leave our desk completely empty. We come back in the morning, maybe we sit on the same desk at the same desk or at a different one. Um, and what I can say for sure, what we will not take along anymore is paper. But I have prepared a little bit um, and can show you what I take along in every day. I just have, I have to, to switch the camera. <laughs> so actually... This is, this is more or less what I, I take along every day. Um, you cannot see all in the screen. This one is the, the keyboard, which I don't take along. It's just here because I use it at the moment. And it's not all gear I carry along every day, but uh, there are several generations of gear, which you can see here. Um, maybe let's start what still since the beginning of, of my working career and yours too probably is, is actually the computer. This is, this is um, I have here like a 16 inch uh, screen Lenovo computer, uh, which is quite powerful. It's brand new too, uh, because the other one did break down uh, two weeks ago due to the fact that it's all virtualized. So the, the real machine from the office is fully virtualized. It was very easy to set up a new computer. So, so that's a good point. Um, and I think that's, that's a, a topic that might be of interest to our listeners is that, you know, tradition, even five, 10 years ago, all of the applications that the IT uh, services provided to us were locally installed on a, on, a, on a computer, whether it be a laptop or a more recently a tablet computer, but it was all like installed on the computer. Today, we're seeing a, a migration or a, a, a a movement towards virtualization, which means that your computer itself is not running all of the applications. It's just a, a pipe to information to a virtual desktop environment somewhere in the cloud sometimes. Well, this one here is a little bit different. Still, it's like some kind of fat client installed on in the virtual image. Uh, but still, you know, this uh, we, we have not moved to a completely cloud-based service. 
which many people do. The advantage is that even when I'm offline, I can still continue to work, which doesn't happen or is not possible if I'm fully cloud-based, where I'm only working with remote, some kind of Citrix remote desktop uh, stuff. But anyhow, that, that's correct. Even uh, also, we have moved some, some uh, software programs we use every day, like our database. It is accessible in two ways. We can access it. Uh, through a Fed client, which is often when you're abroad more slow, but then you also have the possibility and uh, to use it through a web web based client, which is more efficient. Right. So, which begs the question: you're you're traveling, you're potentially meeting clients, you're attending a conference, you're taking notes because that's how we were trained to do things. Do you take your notes on a piece of paper? Do you take your notes on your computer? What do you use? I actually also here, I, I allow myself to switch back to the gear because then you can see what, what I have been using before. I hope it switches my camera. Yes, here we are. Actually, many people use this. It's an iPad with the pen on OneNote. That's very common nowadays. What I find, it's, it's a cool uh, product, but it's comp comparatively heavy. It's difficult to carry, and if it falls down, often the glass is broken. At the moment, um, I have been working actually with, with this one before, then I have switched to a product called Moleskine, um, which I loved very much because actually you have been using paper. I, I don't have it here at the moment, which uh, where you have been using a real paper book and a special pen with a camera in front of it. Right. And it recorded everything, what you wrote into the paper book. Um, and stored it on, on the pen. And then from there, you could transfer it into uh, PDFs. It worked great. But the problem is uh, they uh, left this world. They are not, the product, as far as I know, is not supported anymore. Yeah. And then uh, I became aware of um, this one. It's remarkable. Uh, cool. I, I love it very much. It's very thin. Uh, I, can, I hope you can see it. It has a pen, uh, which is, uh, no, uh, has no intelligence inside. And the aim is you can write on this uh, thing like you write on paper. Um, and it has some other cool aspects. For example, I will show you my screen for a moment. So now you should see also my screen. Um, and this one is the, uh, the software which runs on my computer from the Remarkable side. I have filled in a couple of uh, documents from the Fitbit Watch page, we, which we are also working on with respect to PEC topics. So it's all documents which have been shown, former um, uh, assemblies of, of FICPI community. But what I want to show you is um, when I go here, um, that's really cool because when you are in presentations, it's, it's very easy uh, to show this. So Remarkable is a, is a product. I've put the name of it in the, uh, in the chat so that people uh, so people can can refer back to it. Um, it it is a very interesting product. Um, it's very easy to use. You can organize a lot of different things on the on the tablet itself, and it does provide a relatively seamless interface to other types of programs. The problem, well, the problem, one of the limitations is that the documents are PDFs, right? These are PDFs, exactly. Okay. So we talked about Remarkable for taking notes. I think uh, that's one way to do it. I think a lot of people still use tablets such as iPads or, or Galaxy tabs with a stylus to, to take notes, running a program such as OneNote. Why? Because it integrates easily into probably the Microsoft suite of software that 
most of us are still using today. We, we, you sort of touched about the, the private cloud aspect of it, but let, let's go back into it and see, well, <clears throat> so, so you're, you're away from the office. You need to be able to somehow merge or, 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 or send back the information that you've taken locally to your central repository. How, how have you set that up? Yes, that's that's a good point. Uh, what I do here is actually I I decided uh, to not use uh, any cloud like Google Drive or One OneDrive or whatever. I decided myself to to go for a kind of private cloud, and the private cloud I decided for is is from Synology. I don't know if if people I'm sure people know this. Uh, it's a quite well known product. Um, I have two servers running up and running at the moment. Um, I use it, uh, as certain uh, shares of it, uh, I use just to back up my computer. The good thing is because I have like a, a Synology client uh, installed on my computer, um, which I take along as soon as I have internet connection, um, it uh, starts to replicate the information. And anytime I, I save a document to the local file, um, it will replicate it th through a, 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 an encrypted uh, connection to the server at home. So if, anytime I lose my computer, I, I'm sure that I do not lose my data because the data is always replicated. And as long as the, the computer is encrypted, um, also, I mean, if I would lose the computer, um, the data would not be lost because it's in the cloud and still nobody can read it because the computer would not be accessible. So, so that's a solution. I mean, you're, you're, um, so what size is your firm? How many professionals? Well, that's actually, you know, I'm, we are talking about me as a digital nomad and I'm a little bit, um, how shall I say, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of processes, but I also need to think ahead in a certain way and, and try certain things out. Um, to answer your question, our firm at the moment in total is uh, around 60 people. Um, but it's about half of it are attorneys at law and patent attorneys. Right. So, so it's a, a smallish kind of firm. I mean, it's not a small yeah. firm, but it's a medium-sized firm. And there's probably a lot of flexibility for you to, for someone like you in the firm to be able to drive some of these initiatives and try out these new products. Yes. Other firms might have some, some limitations. And I think it's important to check with your IT group what kind what are their concerns from a security point of view i think you you've addressed it in terms of of encryption i think that's fundamental yes. um, but there there may be other solutions that the firm is willing to to support or explore but it's true i mean this, this does require some thinking and some mm -hmm. vision to a certain extent to try to convince people that there are different ways of doing things and sometimes they're a little bit more um efficient Looking for some of the product um, or software, I'm going to try to populate the chat as much as possible with some of the references. Um, so we talked about Synology, which is the the virtual right. cloud, virtual yeah. cloud. We talked about Remarkable um, and things like that. So one question that came in is: Do you connect Synology with any variant of email storage? Well, only those emails which I've, I I copy to the hard drive. Um, it's possible to to connect Synology to to uh, email uh, storage in in theory, if you want that. Synology goes much further than this private cloud. You know, for example, what I also played around is uh, setting up WordPress instances for internal, um, uh, you know, like information systems or 
Um, also, what you, what's really cool, I believe, is, uh, for example, uh, to, to store your photos on, uh, but this is then more private applications. So it's really a, a large variety of, of products they offer. Um, and it's it's really working seamless and, and they it's really when they provide something, it's it's it, it functions very well. Um, one thing I would like to add, uh, maybe we come to that topic later, but another I want to be efficient in general. And for me, yeah. to be efficient means that I'm well organized, well structures, and I do not need to search for things. And what I like very much about the Synology solution is that the index you can run over the files you have stored on, on the, this system is very great. So you can search for it anytime you want and, and it's really good results available because I know many people have the difficulty. They do not know where, you know, where the information is they have received once and it's often a problem to, to find it again. Yeah, we were talking on this webinar, you're at a more or less permanent place. Uh, I'm at a more or less permanent place. We probably have the gear set up to that we have good cameras and good microphones. Yes. When you're traveling, what do you use? What kind of headset do you take? Do you take the big over the years one? The, the Actually, little tiny? I, I show you. Before we come to that, I, I, I have like two cameras here, as you have noticed. I switched the camera. This one is the second camera you can see here. And the other one is the built-in camera from the notebook. And you already can see here what's the difference is. Yeah. Um, in both cases, I switch back to that one. Uh, in both cases, I'm not using the built-in microphone. I use a different one. And I now switch back to my gear because I think that's, that's answering your question the most at the end. Okay, what do we see here? Actually, the camera I'm using at the moment, you don't see it's a Logitech uh, camera. Um, more, one of the higher end cameras. Um, so it's a good, it's a good Swiss firm, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like it. So, and it's 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 a great camera from the optics. It also the the, um, the microphone built in is very good because you know I think it's very crucial when you're on the road nowadays as a digital nomad and you are in contact with clients constantly. Um, you should be in a position where the client does, does not complain about the picture and the sound quality. And I hope the sound quality is good here. Otherwise, uh, it would be not good for me. Um, and um, what do I use here? You can see here on the on my table, that's uh, like a, a portable webinar or a video conference sound system. It's relatively small. It, it can be taken like this. It has a cable for charging only. The rest of the connection is USB driven, uh, is, is uh, uh, Bluetooth driven. Bluetooth. Um, it has a built-in uh, battery. It lasts for eight hours. And the sound quality, as far as I have noticed, I think it's very good. And also for you, you know, you can use it in large rooms. Uh, you can even combine two of them if you want, um, if, if you are a group of more people. And for example, yesterday we were in a meeting room with uh, seven different people. Uh, and we had a conference with people outside and I just put this one in the middle of the table and everybody was were, was able to listen to the other people not in the room and also the microphones. They, they have built in several of them. Uh, it works very well. So that feeds back to the sound system. Right. So and what brand is that product? It's Jabra. It's uh, Jabra. So that's the Jabra one. Jabra one, yeah. I can put this. I, I don't know if you can read it. Jabra. And um, it's a little bit heavier, uh, but for me, it's it's really worthwhile to, to carry this along. Jabra 710 I have. They, are, they have uh, other models which are a little bit uh, cheaper, 
and uh, even those which are a little bit more expensive. But at the end, um, I think you know if if Bunny Rana leaves a good impression, uh, I think a good sound system is is one of the crucial things you should take along. Yeah, and I think that's a that's an excellent point. Um, and and that's true not only if you're traveling, but also if you're just staying or or doing a conference or a call from the office or anywhere else. The sound quality has to be top notch because otherwise it's a distraction and people are not paying attention to the conversation. They're just focusing on the noise and the distraction. So I entirely agree with you. I, you know, those are some of the points that I I try to ensure that are top notch. Otherwise, I'm I'm not a happy camper when I when I do something and people can't hear me. And in fact, probably you can't very can't see it, but I'm I'm using a a standalone microphone here uh, that's that's connected with a USB cable because I I don't want to have any any issues regarding Bluetooth connections or anything like that. This one you can also use with cable if you want in principle, and otherwise it has a proper it has a proprietary um, like connector back here yeah. which which is uh, again Bluetooth based and you can overrule the Bluetooth-based uh, connection you have in built-in in the computer if this one shouldn't work properly. Another thing, uh, you have been asking me about the headphones. Now what you can see here is like uh, several kinds of headphones. You'll see the big Sony one. It's cool when you travel in airplanes. Uh, it has a noise cancelling system. It's not the newest one anymore. It's relatively heavy. What I don't like too much about it, if the phone is not connected to it after a certain while, it switches off. Um, then next generation was like this one. It's pretty cool. It's Jaybird, no noise cancelling system, in-ear headphones. Uh, it's a sports type of headset, which you can use also uh, in wet conditions. Then uh, I also went to this one. It's a single ear headset. Um, I have, which, yeah, I have one of those too. They're pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. But it's it's uh, handling is for me, uh, it depends a little bit how your ears look like. If you have small ears or big ears. Uh, <laughs> but what I like extremely a lot is this one. It's from Aftershocks. The cool thing is it doesn't go into your ears. It's it's bone transmission. It's yeah. in front of your ears on the bone of your of your skull and transmits the noise or the sound through the bone into the ear so you don't you have three ears um and yeah i think it's a really cool product actually the first one i lost that's the second one it's fully waterproof you can swim with it and it's uh, another good thing is you know you can see here like uh, this shape um when you had these corona masks you could put on the, the this one I, I switched the camera again maybe i show you how it looks like so I have it now on my head. And the good thing is you could put your mask not around your ears, but around but around of this hookah built from the earphone. So your ears didn't go like this all the time. So <laughs> that's pretty practical. Yeah. You like that. <laughs> Just for those in Switzerland, no more mask, but maybe you're living in a place where you still have to wear masks. So well, apparently in, in Quebec, we're still gonna be wearing masks until the end of April. Yeah. So Maybe go for such a headphone. It's really cool. It helps you to, to, to also look later normal without having the ears not going back anymore. And then what I also like very much is, uh, I'm, I'm sure many people know them. Uh, this is the in-ear iPhones from Apple, uh, second generation. And that's uh, uh, one. I, I was very skeptical if they are good or not. Uh, but uh, they have noise-canceling built-in. 
it's really cool when you're traveling and when you are uh, in, in the airplane. I mean, we had a conference a conversation with uh, yesterday when I was in the airplane already and the engines were rotating. And I, I, I believe you could you were able to understand me pretty well. It was actually I was I was floored. I really I'm going to editorialize a little bit. I'm not such a fan of of Apple hardware generally, but these particular headphones are in ear uh, earpieces, they really floored me. I mean, Louis was in a plane, it was a noisy environment, and it was like he was in a in a quiet room. It, I really was floored. So yeah, they they're worth it. Um, can you repeat the name of that brand for those uh, those uh, bone it, transmitting ones? Aftershocks. Aftershocks and shocks is I'll write it in because it's with a K. So yes. There's great branding I'm not here. Sure if you can read it, uh, this one, e, 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 yeah, that's the macro function is not so good. Yeah, no, it's not picking it up. No, no, it doesn't work. So let me see. I mean, we could go on and, and you and I could talk about gears and, and toys <laughs> like this for, for a long. continue with the drones if you want. Uh. That's right. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the questions going back to your use of Synology, in your opinion, is there an advantage to using Synology as opposed to, for example, um, Microsoft Cloud Services or Google Cloud yeah, Services? I mean, the problem is you 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 have a contract with Microsoft. Uh, they 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 say they protect your data, but to be honest, you don't know where your data is. It's yeah. anywhere in the world, you know. And my my thing is, as long as I have the skills to operate these systems. And I'm, I'm, I can manage them, and, and they are really set it and forget it more or less. They do also update regularly. It's the Linux-based background or operating system. I know where the data is. It's here. It's not there or anywhere. It's it's in in my reach. I know exactly where it is. And, yeah. and this is for me the big advantage. And and that's certainly a, an issue that we've had to deal with in in Canada and probably a, a lot of other jurisdictions up until. Quite recently, in fact, either Amazon or Microsoft or Google did not have farms, server farms in Canada, which meant that confidential data we were storing on their services could be in the United States and therefore susceptible to uh, some of the legislation in the United States. Now, Microsoft and Amazon, I know, have data centers now in Canada, and in the contracts, they will undertake to keep the information in Canada. Or at least not in the United States. <laughs> but you're right. You, I mean, you don't know and you have to trust your, your provider. So that's one of the advantages to, to using a, a service like Synology. And I'm sure there are others out there as well. Yeah, I'll show you one more gear I have on my table. I forgot to mention it. Because when I talk about data security and, and uh, knowing where the data is, um, I have this one. What is it? It's from Huawei. It's about four years old, three or four years old. It's a mobile access point. It has a SIM card inside from, from our local provider. Um, it opens up a Wi-Fi uh, network. It has a built-in um, firewall. And the cool thing is uh, I can switch it on. It has a big battery. Um, I can, use also, can also use it as a power bank if my, I run out of battery, for example, with my camera, uh, with my mobile phone. Uh, the mobile phone, I forgot actually this one, that's my mobile phone. Uh, and I can charge my mobile phone if necessary. Yeah. That's a very good piece of equipment because when you are somewhere in a hotel, it can also do like cloning. You know, when you book in with your computer into a mobile network uh, or in, into a Wi-Fi from a hotel, you know, do never know are you exposed or not? What is the situation? 
So you can book in your computer into this Wi-Fi network, then you can switch on this access point and the, the access point copies the, the MAC address of your computer. It clones it. Um, and when you connect it, uh, then because often when you are in the hotel, you must open up a page and accept the terms and conditions. But you can then like switch the, the connection to this uh, hotspot um, and you are more secure because you have a firewall in between and the, yeah. the, the network doesn't know what's behind the firewall. And so, you, can, you could also use it as a data storage device because you can put in like a, a storage card. Right. So some people have uh, have have noticed that uh, this is a Huawei product and Huawei's reputation That's around the world is, <laughs> is not exactly the most uh, uh, robust at the present time. Um, but there are other mobile access points as well. One of the questions is, while instead of using a mobile access point, why wouldn't someone be using a VPN? Well, the VPN, the mobile access point and the VPN are two different things. We use VPN. VPN is the virtual private network to connect to another computer. I use this all the time because I have different locations here in Switzerland, which are connected through VPNs to, to have a, a constant connection between these three locations that I use. And this one is a hard, hardware, a piece of hardware, which is only there to provide you access uh, from the computer, which doesn't have built-in uh, a mobile uh, mobile network uh, through Wi-Fi on that piece of hardware and from there out that the computer as such is then building up the VPN connection to the servers in the firm. So it's in the computer, it, it's like building up the second connection, which is then protected uh, by encryption. Right. A VPN is more software kind of solution, which can also be implemented in hardware. Now you were traveling on an airplane the past few days. Do you have any trouble getting this gear through security at airports? Not at and, all. And um, any uh, any tips and tricks to make your your passage through security more efficient? Well, pack your stuff like uh, that. You have it easily accessible and can get it out of uh, out of of your uh, luggage without uh, having to take everything apart. That's that's my learning from my trips. <laughs> ever ever been stopped because you're taking on a piece of hardware that? security doesn't recognize uh, it then it, it was more like a sample of the clients you know when i went to, for, <laughs> to court and they asked what what's this uh, but uh, not with that kind of gear it's totally no problem yeah okay take care of is when you have large batteries with you but everybody knows this uh, you know that you must be careful that you do not store them or, or you know uh, in a way that it could endanger the, the trip this is the million dollar question and we get asked this all the time. What is the one piece of technology that is your absolute must have? Actually, I mean, what is very, I mean, what everybody uses and runs around all the time with is the phone, but actually to be still operable. And, and for me, the density during the day is so high. Um, I need to take notes everywhere. And this one is the remarkable, is one of the core products I do not want to miss anymore because it helps to me to keep track of what has happened because it's like a journal. I have thousands of files on this device and I have for each larger client, I have like a known, a known notebook where I take notes and I, I specifically to that client, I can come back and read what has been done before what in which meeting I took place. And for me, uh, it's it's also important to be, as I mentioned before, structured and organized and to, to also be 
able to trace back what has happened. And uh, there we come into a different topic, in a, which is going to um, how to organize your files and how to name your files that you are able to retrieve them and find them. And for me, this is another crucial topic, but this is more an organizational one. Yeah, and then, then we start going more into some of the naming conventions and the way the firm is structured and organized in order to be able to, to do these things. Um, and that, you're right, could be the topic of a, a completely separate webinar. Um, <laughs> We focused a little bit on hardware, and I'd, I'd like to delve into software just a little bit because we only have a few minutes left. As I understand it, and I was last night just, there's a there's an international association called ILTA, the International Law Technology Association. It's based out of the United States, but it's it's a fascinating environment because it it essentially is an association of all the IT managers from law firms, mostly in the United States, but around the world. So what they do, they run a survey a technology survey every year. And so they survey all of their firms and ask them what kind of hardware they're using, what kind of software they're using for email management and DMS and, uh, and firewall protection, et cetera. It turns out, unsurprisingly, that most firms are using Microsoft um, Office 365 in one way or another in terms of providing their, their word processing, Excel, PowerPoint, um, and email clients. So that being the baseline in terms of basic communications um, and firms there then tag on different products for uh, document management systems and CRMs and intranets and things like that. Apart from those firm standard issue products, what are the pieces of software that you think are really essential? <laughs> I'm not sure if we have enough time to talk about <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the office products, which you do not get around from Microsoft, the 365, but for me, it's more, I have, to, I think they have some drawbacks, especially when you have to handle large amount of data by Outlook. Um, and there are some add-ons, which I'm really fond of, like uh, an add-on which is able to, which is, they claim it's machine learning, it's auto, uh, uh, artificial intelligence based, uh, where, 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 which helps you to save or store your emails based on, on, on the history and other emails, similar ones, into specific folders locally in your Outlook or remote on an exchange server. And we run this company-wide. It's um, Simplify. It's called, and it, it's it's really cool. We we have it, um, uh, it at the moment. We have it counts up every day you start it up at the beginning. Uh, we have now about twenty thousand folders uh, in the exchange system and uh, locally, uh, which are indexed and and kept track on. So it it gives you proposal where to file. So if you want to save time, uh, have a look at this. It's it's really cool. Sometimes it might be hard to convince your your IT guys or people to to uh, to let you know this or have this. Another question: PDF reader, annotator, yeah, something. So <laughs> Acrobat is probably one of the leaders in the field. It's not a cheap solution. It has its own limitations. What yeah. are you using for PDFs? Um, I'm very happy uh, with Neos. We have uh, several products I had a look at. I believe um, it's it's price. You know what you get for the price. It's very good. They have been sold uh, recently. It's it's not Neos anymore. It's Cofax or what they are called. No, it's maybe already two years, but it's it's PowerPDF. I think you use the same one. 
We do use Power PDF, and uh, we've actually uh, rolled out the the full version with all the bells and whistles, which is very interesting. And we were talking about this yesterday. It allows you to convert any document into PDF. It allows you also to convert a PDF document into a Word or a PowerPoint or an Excel document. You can run an OCR function on a on a on a vector uh, PDF and turn it into an OCR. Uh, based uh, PDF searchable. So there's a lot of, but there are limitations to the software and, and it's not, it's not the most user-friendly interface to, to get things done on. What I like uh, about it very much is that you are able to, to process multiple files simultaneously, independent of the, the reader. So the reader is like one, one software part of it. And it, it's like a toolbox with several tools inside. And, and you can start a batch uh, of, for processing several files um, like OCR, or uh, you can also put them together behind each, uh, you know, in a row, uh, like uh, make some kind of compilations or overlays. And it, it's, it's in day-to-day -day work. I, I like it very much. So It does take time to get to know it a little bit. I mean, you have to spend some quality time with it to, to play around. But once you've been able to master some of those functions and, and your, your capabilities become more seamless, it, it's a supremely powerful tool, I agree. One last question. We're talking about you know, bringing a phone and a, and a, and a battery-powered microphone and speaker. You're not bringing a power pack? No. I mean, the power pack is actually the Huawei thing to a certain extent. I yeah, can yeah. use it. You know, it has all the, all the, the connections uh, to charge it and to retrieve the, the, the power. Um, no, I, I, I don't use it. I don't use any separate power pack. I also think they are, they are often too heavy, too bulky. But they can come in handy in a pinch. I've been saved by one every once in a while. But that brings another question. So you're, I mean, you're most of the travel you do is probably within Europe. So you bring a, you know, you bring a, a power bar and, a, and an extender or or something like that, and you can basically plug it in all over the place. Um, well, the good thing is that our our blocks in Switzerland are compatible to Germany as long as you cut as as long as you do many. Well, I don't want to say it now here, uh, but they are somehow compatible. I would say. So if you're North American traveling to Europe, you need to bring a couple of adap adapters. And yes. sometimes you need to bring a converter because not all the appliances that we use are able to handle the, the 220 volt uh, input. Yeah. Although most electronics do check on the check on the on the, uh, the 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 computer or the device. Sometimes all you need is just the adapter, but sometimes you do need a power converter and they, they are heavy as well. Do you bring a portable scanner? Or do you use something else to scan documents? Um, well, I use my, if I really need to scan something on the road, I use my phone. Uh, it has special uh, applications, apps, you know, which help and that's sufficient. But what I use at home is like a, a scanner, which is extremely powerful. I, you know, there is still a lot of paper behind me. And mostly books. Mostly books, but sometimes there is other stuff. Uh, I, I, I put it away, you know. Um, so uh, it's from Epson, uh, a scanner, which is uh, extremely powerful because it does double scanning up and down, you know, upper side, down the side, and it's really fast. So yes, I use a scanner, but it's not a portable one. So, and that's a good point because the phones now um, have the correct lenses with the correct application. You can take a picture of any document and it'll convert it to a PDF document immediately. It's going to be an image, obviously, but then you can run it through Power PDF, for example, yeah. and, uh, and OCR it. 
But the newest release or the newest iPhones, uh, I have one, the Model 13 here. When you when you uh, take a picture or you point the camera at the text, it starts to OCR the text automatically. There you go. This would switch to iPhone then, even though you are not so fond of Apple products. I have an iPhone. <laughs> I was forced by my firm to switch to an iPhone. <laughs> It's, uh, it's 9.47 and we've run out of time and this has been a spectacularly fascinating conversation. Thank you very, very much for taking some time. Thank you very much. This is the end of this particular edition of the Focus 45 webinar and podcast series. And I invite you to check the uh, FICPI website, newsletter, LinkedIn for the next edition of this webinar. If you have any questions about the topics discussed in this podcast, you can sign up for free and message us, ficp.org. You can also find out more of what's to come on the FICP Focus 45 podcast series, either on the events page of our website, LinkedIn, or via our newsletter. See you next time.